Greetings and welcome to the Parmetta Report. I am your host, Kaylisha Lyles, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Nathaniel Frederick. Thank you for joining us today. Today we'll be talking about how college students are prepping for finals. Short deadlines, high stress, long nights, as the fall semester is quickly coming to an end for colleges and universities, students are beginning to prep for their final exams. Winthrop University's exams for students start up on the 4th of December and end on the 9th of December at designated times. Winthrop's Academic Success Center is known for offering student services to help with different classes and prepare for finals. Joining us today is Ms. Jasmine Howes, the academic coach at the Academic Success Center, where she manages outreach to at-risk student populations and also works with students to help assist with building skills that are necessary for academic success. Thank you for being here. Happy to join you. Thank you. As we said in the introduction, uh, this is a stressful time for students. Um, what are some helpful strategies uh, to help students study? Or what? Go ahead. Um, I think that it's kind of a two-part question. I think the first part is that what you do the entire semester is really what's going to prepare you for your final, um, especially if you're going into cumulative finals. If you're kind of expecting yourself to learn a semester worth of material and two to three days worth of really cramming and studying, that's just not a realistic expectation. So I think the first part of it is really making sure that throughout the semester, you're, as a student, doing what you can to make sure that you're understanding the material and asking questions when you aren't. Um, and then as it comes closer to exam week, it's more about making sure that you're refreshing that information. So it shouldn't be a learning it for the first time or memorizing it again as you're coming into finals. And it's um, mainly about how you're preparing for that, that, those study sessions and making sure that you are timing it out in a way that is going to, one, be effective with helping you retain the material, um, but also so that you're not overloading yourself on just one subject at a time. Typically, what I say to students is you don't want to spend more than one hour on one subject at a time. You do want to incorporate breaks in there. The example that I always use is, um, let's say that you like are trying to remember the name of a song. And the longer you think about it, like you just you can't get it. But the second you move away and start mm -hmm. doing something else, right. it pops into your head. <laughs> it does. Studying is the same way. If you never leave the material, you're not giving yourself time to do that background processing that happens when you are stepping away from it. So mm -hmm. um, structuring that, though, takes planning. So spending maybe about an hour at a time on study material and planning out what you're doing in that hour. Take the first five or so minutes, set a goal. How much are you wanting to get through? Um, and making sure that goal is realistic. If you have four chapters to get through, can you do that in an hour? Is it maybe I really want to go through this one chapter right. um, or this chapter and a half and spend about 40 minutes really going through and studying the material? Spend the last 10 to 15 going back and reviewing what you just studied. So really making it more of a cycle so that you know what you're doing when you sit down, um, but you're moving away from it. Now that doesn't mean only study one hour. It just means maybe move on to another subject, maybe take a break, come back to it at a different time. Well, what challenges are you seeing among students as, oh. as far as studying is concerned? 
I see that a lot of students don't necessarily know how to study or know what types of studying works for them. A lot of times the students that I work with equate studying to, oh, I'm just going to read over the these notes or read over the textbook. And like if you go to the gym and you stare at weights, you're not going to get any stronger. <laughs> if you stare at the treadmill, you're not going to mm-hmm. get any better with cardio. So just staring at it, you're not actively engaging with the material. Um, so it's that sense of you can read an entire page of notes, get to the end and realize that you weren't really there. Like you didn't engage with it. You couldn't tell me what you just read. And I think if you find yourself in that pattern when you're studying, then you're not really studying. It's more just eye gymnastics. So it's definitely more so finding ways to make the material active and incorporating that into finding study skills that work for you. And so how do you do that? How do you engage with a text? I think there are a couple different ways. And it depends on what works for what students. Some students really love flashcards. And they're helpful in a couple of different ways. One, the process of writing them out. It definitely takes a long time, but writing, just simply writing it is a way of making it active because you have to pay attention to the words that you're putting on paper. Um, using highlighters or color coding, but not necessarily going through and highlighting everything in the book because now it's the same as if you did it. Um, maybe use a key and use that key of color coding across all of your classes. So maybe important dates are going to be in green. People are going to be in blue. Terms are going to be in yellow. And in all of your notes across all of your classes, everything in the same category is in that same color so that you're making a visual representative of what's important and what's going to stand out as you read the notes. Um, It might be using whiteboards, drawing images, making mnemonic devices. Like a lot of times when someone comes in, I'll say, if I asked you what PEMDAS was, could you tell me? And when's the last time you used it? Or I don't know if people still hear it, but I, when I was in high school, no, this was middle school. We used to get King Henry died drinking chocolate mm-hmm. milk. I remember that Which one. is the units of measurements. And I don't think I've used it since eighth grade, but I know it Mm-mm. because it's, it's a mnemonic device and recognizing that you can make those yourself. And so finding different ways like that to make it active. Now for different majors, uh, is there a certain way that each major should study or no? Um, I think that depends. I think at the core of it, studying is is the same thing. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's one particular way, better way to study for a different class mm-hmm. in, the, in the sense of the amount of time that you're wanting to put into it, um, making sure that it's active. But there is a difference in the material. So like in a math class, Maybe reading the textbook isn't the best way. Mm-hmm. Make practice problems. Look online to see if there are already practice problems that exist. Use the ones that are in the book and go from that way. Whereas if it's more of a history class, that might be more of your people, places, things, using that highlighter method, using note cards. Like note cards probably wouldn't work as well with math unless you're learning formulas. It's, it's more about knowing how to actually solve the problem. Mm -hmm. So I think it's in any subject, I don't think it's different in the sense that you want to make it active, but I do think it's different in the way that the content varies. And so you want to make sure that you're studying in a way really that's reflective of how you're going to be tested. So I think it's less about the subject itself and more about is this a test where you're applying things? If so, you need to be studying in a way where you're doing practical applications, doing practice problems, or is this a test where it's going to be more essay-based? Then you need to know the information. You need to know the people, the dates, and the things like Mm -hmm. that. How has the internet, social media, how has that sort of affected students in the way that they study? 
I see pros and cons in it. I think on the positive side, there is a lot of information that is already out there. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of classes already have quizlets that are made with flashcards that you can just go in and use already. You don't have to go through and put it in. There's a lot of YouTube videos that are explaining how to do things, and it makes it easier for the students to understand. And so I think on the one side, it's definitely more beneficial. Um, on the other side, a lot of people tend to use that then as a way to negate having to do as much work. I see less of the actual printing off notes and writing on them, and it's more, I'll just pull up the PowerPoint when I go to class, but now you're not taking notes. You're following along with the PowerPoint, and the act of actually taking notes in class is an active method of studying. Um, so it in a way that the digital age and the social media, it can make it so that you have to do less work. Um, So you're not getting the initial information kind of ingrained in you in the classroom that you typically would have. So do you think on the instructor side that um, maybe there's an over-reliance on uh, instructing with PowerPoints and using technology? Should we kind of go back to the to the old days, at least for me, it was the old days where we actually yeah. still had chalkboards and things <laughs> like that. I think that it it, it varies. Um, I, I definitely feel like you got more, at, or at least I got more out of it. Let me not speak for everyone else, but I got more out of it when it was a classroom and there wasn't already like notes there because you do have to make sure that you're staying engaged. You can't mm-hmm. say, oh, I'll just go and look at the notes later because right. the notes aren't going to be there. So you have to be the one that's getting them. Um, on the other side, I've had some professors, once I made it into um, more higher ed settings, where it's like they tend to move very fast. And so I would just print the PowerPoints, but you can print them where there's like the notes slides. And mm-hmm. so that ended up being very helpful because I could just add it and not get caught up on catching everything that you say. Now, I know that you said back in the day, back in high school and middle school, you remember certain stuff. Is there a difference between studying now for college students than it was back in high school for them? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I think, at least from what I've seen, is there's a lot more technology used even in high schools now. There's a lot more laptops. There's a lot more, um, like, iPads and, and things like that. People take notes on laptops. I That wasn't really a thing when I was in school. We, like, for a while, it was just the overhead projector. Yes. And then it was, like, when we got the Promethean boards, it was amazing. We'd never <laughs> seen anything like that before. <laughs> um, and so it really, it really, like, I saw the change happen. Yeah. Um, but I think what people lose a lot of the time is that they, they end up not needing to study in high school a lot because they're, they just are spending so much time in the class. Like if you're in a class five days a week and you're going over that material five days a week, after two weeks, you've been in that class 10 times. And so mm-hmm. you've reviewed that material 10 times. You come to college, you got a class two days a week. After two weeks, you've been there four times. Yeah, <laughs> Where yeah. have you gotten that time back? Have you spent the time that you would have been? And so I see a lot of students that come out of high school and it's like, I never had to study. I was such a good student mm-hmm. and I don't get it. And it's like, it's because there isn't, you're not spending as much time reviewing the material. So much of it was given to you in the classroom that now the majority of it is on you to make sure that you're getting because there's less time actually being spent with in-class instruction. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. We're speaking with Ms. Jasmine House, the academic coach at the Academic Success Center here at Winthrop, who assists 
at-risk students and helps them make academic goals and plans for success. So how is the use of drugs like Adderall uh, affected students' study habits? That that one I think is a little bit out, outside of my, my realm. I don't necessarily know when I'm working with a student who is on certain prescriptions. So I can't really say for sure, like the difference between a student who utilizes or who needs Adderall versus a student who doesn't. Um, I will say that just kind of in in just seeing things day to day, I do think that I see a lot more students who are more um, open about the fact if they are struggling with something that's more like mental health related and they're more likely to self-advocate. But in terms of the impact that it has on like study habits, I don't tend to have access to knowing if someone has a diagnosis unless they self-disclose. At the Academic Success Center, um, are there any study sessions that are coming up for the college students? Uh, yeah, so tomorrow actually, and that's December 2nd, Third? Oh, I was like, uh-oh, which one is it? It's been a long month already. <laughs> okay, so yes, so tomorrow, actually, December 3rd, we'll be holding study day, and mm-hmm. it is basically an all-day drop-in study session. Um, any student who is in a class that we provide tutoring for can drop in during a designated time and get some studying for exam prep. We go through and send out the the schedule and the times for when that class will have tutoring available to every class that offers, that we offer tutoring for. Um, and so students should know if they're checking their email right. that it will be available. And we actually finished up uh, what we call Smart Stuff Study Break, where we basically um, stay in digs and we give out free study packs, which mm-hmm. is basically just a lot of free food with the study day <laughs> schedule in it because people are going to come for mm-hmm. free food. And so that's another way of making sure that they know that it's something that happens. But we start up at around 8 a.m. and throughout the day, there'll be different classes over in Dinkins. And then some of them are in Owens, um, where students can just get drop in free study day tutoring. Some professors come out and provide tutoring as well during that time. So that's one of the really good last ditch efforts that you can come to if you need some additional assistance before we start up on Wednesday with exams. Ms. Jasmine House, thank you for joining us today. We're going to take a quick break and for all student listeners, take advantage of your professor's office hours in all on-campus study sessions. Thank you. <music> 